Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. What's up, everyone? Welcome to yet another exciting episode of Toket Moment. My name is Toket Makinwa. Today, I've got with me someone who is literally the talk of town. You know, the brains behind the number world movie in the world right now. I was just coming from an event. I'll tell you this, Aditi. And um, it was an event that TEF, Tony Elimulu Foundation and the U.S. government um put together an event for creatives and business owners. And I stopped by there before I came here. And they were talking about your movie. How are you, Editi? Welcome to Talk A Moment. Finally, because we've been trying to make this happen for a minute, right? So um, my publicist says that when you go to an interview and the uh, interviewer is excited, you have to match the energy. Boy, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to match your energy you right now. match that energy right now. Because <laughs> over here, we're both tired. Okay, I just got yeah. for flights. <laughs> Listen, I attended yeah. an event and I, I came to have this conversation with you. So what do we need to bring? Remember do we need to home? You. Is there a kumbaya? What do we need? Yeah, I, I think that I have experienced everything. Um, remember when I when we met earlier, and I mm. said, "Has the world ever might like meant your business?" I I think that I I didn't think through this thing. I always wanted to make a film that's world class. I wanted to make a film that the world would see. I wanted to make a film, an African film for the world, and I didn't plan for what happens after. See, I planned for this film being to being successful. I did the work. I did work really hard to make it what it was. The crew worked really hard. My cast worked amazingly. Now, what I did not plan for is the whole world wanting to know my opinion about the film I made. Mm. I know that's why I started with that question. Black Book and, is the movie we're talking about. Just in yes, case you're wondering, ladies yes. and gentlemen, if you haven't seen Black Book, you are underneath the rock. It's beneath beneath the rock, actually, because this is one movie that has crossed the borders of Africa, 
the shores of Africa, rather, the borders of Nigeria, shores of Africa, and is right there doing incredible numbers. Um, people are always pumped about the Hollywood Nollywood collaboration. And with your film, and I'm not gassing you because I, I don't really gas people. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, this one that you said, the world is on your matter. But with your film, there's a new chip on our shoulder pads saying we don't need them. They need us. Our- you should give yourself a round of applause first for that now. Ah, ah, well done, my guy. That was good. <laughs> incredible, incredible. I think they. I was talking to the guy, um, I think Wired. Mm. And the quote from that is that it was a film made by black people with black faces and 100% black money. And it's it's very important to remember that all the money was raised in Nigeria. It was Mm. our money. It was our people. And so you see a film went number one in South Korea. It's one of the world's biggest, most artistic film markets. And then they made a Nigerian film, their number one film. I, I think that for the industry in Hollywood, I, I'm really happy for what is happening in this moment because ultimately this is what we've always worked so hard mm. for. And to see that's happened today, it couldn't have happened at a better time. And yes, I think there is room to collaborate, but I think... The statement truly is that the world wants our pictures. Mm-hmm. If we work hard, we can get what we want. Mm. Um, a year ago, I was represented by one of the biggest uh, talent agencies in America. And every time I brought a project up, they said, okay, we're going to have to attach a U.S. writer. But I've written the script already now. No, we have to attach a writer, you know, a big name writer. That's how they always approached doing mm. business with me. We have to attach a, a director. We have to attach a Hollywood name to, to, to make, make this go mm. forward. I think the Monday, Black Book came out on Friday. Mm. Monday, I got a, a message from, from the agency. Oh, someone wants to work with you. There's a book they're trying to adapt. Would you like to be attached as a writer? I'm like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> so it's that change yeah. where like I've, I've spent the last couple of weeks you know just looking walking through books that people want to attach me as a script writer or looking at projects that they want to bring me on board as a director for mm. and I can't imagine what other Nigerian directors are facing so I'm really excited about that I I think that we have proven that our stories can travel our stories can do well mm. globally mm. you know so yeah Big ups, Nollywood. We've, I think, this is we're, our we're in there now. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we are literally. I mean, you said something that I, I like us to talk about a little bit. Uh, the fact that you did the work and you worked really hard. I mean, I will f- say this to you. I don't envy being in your shoes right now, um, because you know, there's people are always saying things like you're only as good as your last work, and it's okay if your last work is here where they be like, oh, there's room for improvements. It's nice. Let's see what this guy has to offer. You didn't do that. You shattered the ceiling with your current work. And it's now like, do you, are you scared? Are you frightened? How are you feeling right now? I'd like to know. I always think that I, I, I come from the tech industry. Okay. Obviously, I spent 20 years in tech, mm. um, spent the last 12 years in advertising. So I didn't just fall off of a tree. Mm. I'm not an overnight success. <laughs> I'm 
like top 10 most viral ad campaigns in Nigerian history, I had to have created at least six of them. Mm, I created the Bright Price app. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm not new to this, Mm -hmm. like creating things. Mm -hmm. Um, But the thing I do believe very clearly is like if you work hard at a thing, you believe in a thing and and, and work with your heart and absolutely put in the work, it will be rewarded. Mm. Success follows that work. I'm not saying go and carry an axe and go and be splitting firewood. No, like, but if you, if you actually believe truly in the thing that you do and put in the work, it always comes through. It Mm. always, always comes through. Mm. And so that's the thing. Am I afraid of what comes next? No, I think we have a plan and we are going to stick to that plan. Our plan and, and, and the thing on our company mission is that we are telling the next generation of African stories. We didn't just say Mm. that. We started saying that five years ago. And so for me, it's, it's that formula. We get a great story, work hard on the story, work hard. We worked for two years on the Black Book on the story. So we worked hard on the stories and we spent time on pre-production. We spent mm. a year in pre-production. You go into production, give it absolutely everything. Mm. Go into post-production, give it everything that you can. I don't see how come. Look at your brand, for example. Mm. Hey. Thank you. <laughs> no, you, you've worked really hard I to have. build it. You, yeah. you, you want to eat food and then you're like, no, I've got to take a picture of it. <sighs> you go into an event, you have to give the best version of yourself yes. because you're building this thing. Yes. And yes. it's taking you to the places that you want it mm-hmm. to take you to. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. If you put, because every little bit helps. This morning I, I was, I, I like sharing the process mm. of what we did because mm-hmm. I don't think I should be the only Superman in the area. Yeah. I want people to learn. I want other people to beat the records that we've set. Mm. And we looked at, we went to a village. We wanted to shoot a scene. That scene wanted to shoot on a road. And Yinka and I, my dear DOP, were like, the scale we want, this road wouldn't give us all. So we have to build our own road. You build a road? Yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know where the soldiers are running in Kaduna, yeah, and then they're shooting at the shooting range, yes. yes. And also, the when when Big Daddy runs away from the farm, the first that big open wide scene, that road they were uh, driving on, we had to build it. So we had went permission with uh, from the uh, from the community. Mm-hmm. We had permission from the community. We now got like equipment, heavy equipment. We broke the sp- the the bulldozer spade the first. <laughs> <laughs> we had to get another one and and then build like a, a patch the size of a, a an airstrip mm. and build the set beside it. And so just that scene is less than one minute on screen. That, this is the part that I like that you're sharing the post because this is the part that people don't see. It's less than a minute on screen. The amount then, of work that goes into less than a minute. We're talking about another scene. The markets, Big Daddy's market scene. Where the shootout eventually happened. Yes. Yes, I remember that one. So um, Paul's character walks through the market and it's in actual marks, 300 extras. Of, of those 300 extras to so understand, it was during COVID and Paul Edema's character, RMD, he's 59 at this point. He's 59 years old, he's at risk. So what do you do? You test every single person, three people deep around him for COVID. So he doesn't have contact with anyone who could infect him because yeah, so you do that. And then so you build that entire set. It wasn't the real market. We actually had to build that set. Mm. You know, everything was brought in. That scene is less than one minute on screen. 
But why do you put all the energy you have into every single scene? Mm. It's because you don't just build a mountain, mm. a grain of sand. You, you see a grain of sand at the bottom of a hill. You don't think it's important, but a grain of sand on a grain of sand on a grain of sand makes a rock and a rock on a rock on a rock makes a hill. Mm. And hills and hills and hills make mountains. And so to your original question, if we have the formula that we work harder than anyone else, put all the work in, I don't think we can fail. And that's for me, I make films for audiences. Mm. If I put the absolute best into it, mh. the audience will love it. No, if the audience doesn't love it, we do the next <laughs> we thing. We do it again. Do you see, that's my formula. That's what I tell people. I'm never afraid to fail. I feel like it. It. I've learned so much more from my failures than I have from success. Success is great. I love walking in through the door. I love the the things that success can afford you know, for me to do now, but um, I'm never afraid to build again. And I think that meeting someone who has that like mind is just <laughs> super exciting because, you know, what else, what was the worst thing that can happen? If they didn't like it, say, hey, you do another one. <laughs> I always think that like I, failure for me is if I truly didn't give my all. Mm. If I give my all to a thing, then I would appreciate the efforts I put into it. Mm. I would know that I did the absolute best. I mm. fail myself if I did not mm. do the absolute best that I could. Mm. And and that's a measure of success for me. Um, you make a film, for example, you put it, tons of people will love it. Tons of people will hate it. Mm. Am I going to go and, oh, thank you for loving it. And of course, thank you for not liking it. You're because... Welcome. No one would make a perfect thing. People love things. Mm. There's people who like you. There's people who do not like of you. Of course. If you sit down and, and worry about every single person. <laughs> you wouldn't get to where you're going. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. you just do the absolute best. Give mm. your absolute best to a thing and everything else. Is you know what I like that you just did right now? And this is also to my audience. I just learned it's never a failure if you put all your best into it. So even if it doesn't work out, you learned the experience. I work you in learned advertising. how to do it. You learned how to do it again. <laughs> do you know how many campaigns got cancelled last mm. minute? Like you've done one month of work and you go to pitch and they're like... Mm. How did you handle your nose early on in your career? Hmm. You weren't <laughs> expecting that one, were you? <laughs> Ask it again. How did you handle the nose you got early on in your career? Hmm. He does this down. He said, Fear and Fall, you know? Oh, that's my late father's favorite song. Him song. I grew up listening he to that. He is down in Fear and Fall. I, I, I do understand that people look at me today and think, I look at him. Mm. You know? I came from nothing, absolutely nothing. When I came to Lagos, I had my backpack. There was no change of clothes. Not because I was poor. Because I was ready to start completely afresh. I left my car in Calabar. I left my, my clothes. I lived in Calabar. You know, I left everything. I, a month later, I told my friends, go and carry everything. Like, you know. I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back. I wanted to build a thing. I wanted to build in a bigger pond. Mm. And so the thinking for me is, If this thing that I'm doing, that I'm putting everything into, Mm. 
whether it wins or not, it's the next step. It's a step to where I'm going. The Black Book is a proof of concept for us. It was the first, we have a slate and it was the first one on that slate. It's the smallest picture on the slate. Mm. Again. <laughs> Meaning that no. <laughs> So it's the smallest picture on our slate and we're like, we have to do this and do it really well because mm. if we do this really well, it builds that platform for all the things that we're going to do in the future. And, the, and those things, this thing defeated us. So those ones will defeat us, but would have learned valuable lessons. And so, Back then, every opportunity I had, you know, I was working with brands that I used to see on TV, mm. I would give my absolute everything. And you go into a meeting and then this thing that you worked for weeks on. Like, this is and really it's always like, that one person yeah, in that boardroom. This is nice. Like, and so I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm patient to nonsense. Mm. I'm, so I was on that set and the one day I raised my voice and people looked at me and was like, it has to be serious. Mm. It has to be like absolutely serious. I, I have learned to find patience in all of these things. I can... So would you say patience was the ingredients that helped you through those years where... Because, you know, everyone hears this thing when you sit down and you hear people, you know, talk about the fact that every no you get is part of the plan and it leads to that one big yes. They're not wrong. But no one talks about the excruciating pain that comes from what you just said right now. Putting together all that you have, executing, literally putting this to life, knowing that this is as good as you're ever going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And someone on that boardroom just looks at it and just thinks, nah. Mm-hmm. How do you not get sucked into the feelings of... Great. I think it. that's a word. <laughs> Great. I, I, I've i said it before. I, when, I, when I walk into my set, I want to be the last person to leave. Mm. I'm going to have to work hard on everyone else because I have to lead by example. Mm. And I... Working hard on everyone else is not something that I have. Like you have to do it. I don't, I came to Lagos without my uncle, man. I I came here and I didn't come to Cambridge. If I don't work hard on everyone around me, I don't have a choice. Mm. I can't. I don't have a trust fund. Mm. And so you learn from that that beginning that you had that nothing will be given to you to work for everything. But there will always be no's. When I met, I I put the black book. Um, when we started shopping it to sell. Uh, yeah, we made this thing without a buyer. We invested a million dollars and we didn't have a buyer. Who <laughs> are the people who believe in giving you that money without a buyer? First of all, me. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. First of all, me. Like you have to believe in yourself and invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. And so when I called my guys, you know, and said, this is how much it's going to cost to. And then the first, second thing I would say is that this is how much I'm putting into it. And when I look at it, it's like, okay. Since you've put your own money first. Mm. Oh, yeah. All right. But when we were shopping it, it, it was for a year, we thought it was going to a different buyer. And they loved it. They're like, it's nice. But then for some reason, budgets, maybe they didn't have enough budget for mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And I go into a meeting one day and the guy who was dealing with us says, sorry, we don't think it's as good as we thought it would be I'm like not that imagine them imagine have they called you since it's been out 
no, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to sit here and think that I've, I feel satisfaction from that or anything, because no, I think that it's just a thing that, yeah. you know, is a process and I'm going to work with these guys again in the future. Yeah. And I believe that when we get into a room to have conversations, there'll be, of course, a lot more respect because like everything you say to them would happen to the picture did happen. Mm-hmm. So that does build confidence mm. on both sides. True. But that meeting was quite, it was difficult because I, I told him like, come on, tell me you don't have budgets. I can understand. I'm, again, I work in advertising. I know budget. We cut budget all the time, but please, I don't work really me. hard. Do not yeah. tell me that this is not worth because you're telling me it's not worth your time. Mm. Don't tell me it's not worth what it is because we know it is. Mm. And he says, well, I'm telling you what it is. And I'm like, okay. Because that is actually creatively is very disrespectful to say that to any creator. Mm. And the reason he said that was because I, I said I can only take a branded deal, an original deal. Mm. Um, and telling me that it's not good enough for that, it was... It was, mm. it was it was a slap mm. and then I walked away from that deal I said I on on the principle of it I can't do this deal even if you offered me twice the money I cannot do the deal because like you only have to work with people who respect you why if you if you deal with a person who doesn't respect you say we're going to do marketing now mm. you know so I, I think that is a very important lesson learned for me mm. and and the next time we go to have conversations, I believe that it would be had differently. Definitely. I would have done better. There are things I could have done better. Mm. I know that situation better. So I, um, in convincing people way ahead of time mm. of, of what I wanted to do, maybe I could have cut by opening five minutes and colored them and VFX it and properly. I don't think you place. should say that though, Aditi, because I feel like if you had said I'm that, then nice. you probably, <laughs> I know, then this is my podcast and while we might still work with them and it's no, no, no sort of beef or, it, it is the business. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think it was personal as well. As you said, it could have mm-hmm. been a budget issue. Someone just didn't like it. It's all fair and good. We got where we got to right now. And when you're going to have that conversation again, you're coming with more, you know, if you thought you didn't like that. And the word I think you're looking for is race. <laughs> I'm trying, okay? I'm trying, my friend. No, but it's so weird that when I thought I was sitting down with you, I didn't think that I would sit with someone who echoes or mirrors my thoughts. It's amazing how I'm hearing you talk about different stages that I found myself in. And just, you know, I'm super duper proud and excited that, of course, this is one of our own. And this is... The, the outcome was everything you said it is. Because sometimes they call it Delulu. But you see that Delulu stage where you, it's like Lauren Houston, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. That I know, Delulu phase when they had, everybody was looking at you like you're mad. What five minutes to cut? No, I believe this is going to work. And it came out even better than you anticipated. I think that every voice is important and we yeah. have to always remember that. Um I remember when I, I, after we've done the deal with, about to do the deal with Netflix. Um, so one of the notes was that the opening 30 minutes was a bit long and we have to speed it up. And to do that, we have to take about 10 minutes out. Mm. I was furious because I'm, I'm done with post-production at this point. To do that, we have to go back into edit, basically break the timeline, start everything afresh. It's it's hard work, and I I, vis- I was visiting my sister in Newcastle then, and and 
I got off the call and my sister looks at me. Is everything okay? I said, no, everything <laughs> is not okay. Oh, wow. Taking 10 minutes out of a film is incredibly yeah. hard work. Yeah. But then I, after I allowed myself room to fume, I allowed myself room to express my emotions, mm. happiness, joy, sadness, whatever. Is this mirroring me again? <laughs> I allowed it. And then I was like, let me do this work. I pulled my laptop this time. I was going to call my editor. I was like, nope, I'm going to do it. I pulled my laptop. Spent the next one hour. Fuming at my screen, mm. but chopping very efficiently. Very, very efficiently. And then I was done. About two hours I was done. Mm. I, I exported this thing. It took a while to export. I exported the timeline. Up- uploaded it. Sent it to Netflix. And I get a response from my guy in Netflix. It's like, oh, when we meant to cut, we didn't mean, take your time. You you have time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's the final cut of your film. Yeah. And this guy, this guy doesn't respond to me after that. Maybe a week or two later, he, he has gone to watch it now. It's like, we're expecting a new cut. I'm mm-hmm. like, that is your cut. So he goes to watch it. And it's like, you know, this is the final cut of the film. Yeah. But you cut this thing in less than five hours. I'm like, it's your cut now. That you asked me to cut, I cut. Mm-hmm. And the point there is when he told me we needed to cut this thing, I was yeah. every voice mm. is important. Mm-hmm. We have to, even if we do not like what we hear, mm. it's important as artistic people, as artists, creators, to take a step back away from ourselves and mm. actually look at the merits of the mm. feedback we receive. Mm. And I tell you what, that was the best decision we could have ever made because you see that 20th minute where you mostly, most people pause to cry first and then continue. That would have happened much later and people could have tuned out. Mm. That's one thing I like about the movie. But before I even get into that, you touched on allowing yourself to feel. And I think that that's one of the things that you know, has helped me get to where I am. When people say to me, how do you get through? I'm like, listen, I let myself go through the motion. Like there are days when I'm not feeling like I want to face the world. I just let it ride. Because I think that that's, you know, ultimately the best way to still be in top-notch, you know, form in your mind. So hearing bad news and letting yourself feel the fact that, okay, I'm putting, oh, oh, I have to go back to this again. And then, doing it the way you did it, the energy that came from that less than five hours, they thought that you used to chop it probably came from you letting yourself express yourself and feel. So well done to that. Uh, talking about the movie itself, there are so many things that, that in terms of tuning out, I don't know if anyone will watch Black Book and tune out because from the beginning, I must no, be honest sure. with you. No, let me tell you what, from the beginning, I like to, I'm very honest. So when I started watching it, I first thought, this movie everyone's talking about on Twitter. Okay, just play it. Just play it. Just play it. And I think the most... I, I, I became my mother. And what I mean by that is my mom watches movies like it's happening in real life. So at the point where the dreadlocks, the guy was going to meet his dad in church and they pulled him over and I said, you're looking for... So I said, Jesus. 
for can't you see he's not the one? Oh my god, this guy is such a good guy. And I think the build of emotion is where I'm coming to. Yeah. How you build our emotions from the opening scene. His dad and him at the beach. The, you know, I don't want to give too much away for those who haven't seen it, but I'm also giving enough for those who haven't seen it to go and watch it. Um, and just to see the bond that was created, knowing that. Yeah, you you feed a, a sheep and then kill it. How did you build all that heightened emotion? Because I wasn't so mad at you guys. Oh, yeah. Um, so filmmakers do make interesting choices to make people do things. Now in that film, that that that's that scene where they killed Dami, the death of Dami, was shot in the way was shot almost to put you on on the scene. Now. The entire film, for most of the time, you're you're in it. You see the emotions, you feel it, but you're, you're not. It's done in a way that you're following a story, not participating in it. However, that scene was shot the way the camera was shot, angled. It's just on the periphery to bring you into the outside, just the outside of that scene. You're seeing it right there. You're participating in what is happening, but you can't help him. Because we fed you the information, you knew he's going to die. You knew he was going to die in that scene. You'd absolutely know that it's going to happen, but you can't help him. You want to save this boy. You want, but then because of the way the camera is kept, think of it as a circle and you mm. are on the edge of this circle, the absolute edge of the circle where you can't jump into the circle. So you were shot that you were on that edge of the circle. You want to help. I hated you guys for that. I, I know. And I think because of the end size, <laughs> and I, you know, I also think one of the things that's made this movie such a success is the fact that this is not just uh, a movie of emotions. This is also stories that we've heard a thousand and one times. This is stories that we've seen in the last couple of years in Nigeria. You know, police brutality. Is somebody trying to make a change, but the past comes calling. And where do you? How moral does moral really mean? When the past must die to truly serve the future. Mm. I wrote those words. Mm. And I sat through almost every sitting of the NSAS panel. Mm. Yes, those tweets that used to detail what happened to the NSAS, at the NSAS panel, that was me. Wow. The ones you read. Yeah. That was me. I was the one. I sat there. I went every sitting. I would report and create a thread. Tweet by tweet by tweet to tell you what was going on. So was that? Did you know? Had you started filming? I wrote the script in 2019. Mm. The script. This film was going to be made before NSARS happened, because people forget that NSARS was in the beginning of police brutality happening. It was a combination of people just being tired of the shit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and so I was going to write a picture, like make a picture that talks about police brutality long before NSARS happened. And so for me, it was a thing I was really passionate about already, which is why I was going to that panel mm. every day. Mm. And it's a fun thing. I would go to the panel on Tuesday and Wednesday I fly. I, one of the days I, I went there, Wednesday I flew out to Abuja with RMD to go and we were applying to the police to give us permission to use their uniforms in the film, to give us uh, weapons in the film. And, just <laughs> and you hours. were giving us bit by bit reports. Okay. So I, it, it's a decision you have to make. Mm. I knew that doing this in SARS thing could mean that I would not get that permission. Mm. I did get the permission because you have to be resourceful. 
And I'm grateful that the hierarchy of the police saw it fit to give us that report, that, that, that permission. But that risk, I thought it was worth taking. It doesn't matter what, doing that thing, doing that NSAS sitting was the most important thing I could do at that moment. Mm-hmm. It was the most important thing. And so it was more important than whatever I wanted to do as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that I was able to do that. I'm glad I was also able to make the film. But the truth is that, look, if <laughs> if they didn't give me permission, I would still make the film exactly. anyway. They would yeah. have to come and beat me. Yeah. But I would have still done it. And then the other time we went to Kaduna Div 1, uh, speaking to the army, because we had to get permissions too. And um, then the Boko Haram issue is also something that's always... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not the issue. The issue is that the army was also a respondent at the NTAS panel. True. That is correct. And so I'm with the GOC. He's showing us around. We're walking around. And our own general just points at me. I know that guy. <laughs> guy. I was like, I knew I was sleeping in guard room that day. I knew it's like... Did you there was... sleep in the guard room that day? So the guy walks over. And I'm like, I greeted him respectfully. My name is Aditi. I know. I know who you are. So he's telling the GOC, who is a, a major general, this mm. guy, all that answers. He's the one who's tweeting those things, though. And the man's like, really? Oh, oh my God. We really respect what you have done. Hmm. I mean, at that point, is that they prove you right? Uh, no, they, 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 he told me he respects <laughs> that. He sees how much this thing, how hard it is for me mm-hmm. to provide balance, but I'm still very balanced. And because I, I clearly said I'm, I'm a biased observer. Mm-hmm. But in spite of my biases, I was very fair to everyone who represented I that. I think so too. And he says, you're very fair. And I really respect that. That's the level of work I expect for journalists to have. Are you a journalist? I'm like, no, mm. I'm just a private citizen. So I really respect it. And so that's how they allowed us to do what we wanted to do. Mm. And I learned an important lesson. Tell the truth no matter what. Like, absolutely always tell the truth because like you don't know when that truth is going to stand witness for you. Hmm, incredible. Let's talk about the casting. Um, Stella cast, I must say, because you also mentioned traveling with RMD to get um, the permit. Um, how did you, when you started writing, because I know that for those who don't know this, he wrote the script, he directed, he produced. What else did you do? Executive produced. Executive produced. Um, carried carried um, light on set. Light. <laughs> if you want to do a thing, like just yeah. just be ready to do everything you can do to make this thing happen. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what it is. Yeah, so, but like so how casting. Did you, how did you get your cast? Uh, as they say, docs and how did you hmm. you know sit back and as you were writing, were you writing and were people coming to mind or was it yeah. one of those? I'm drawing a blank. Let's just pull an audition and see what who we can get. Um, so I, I write very experientially um, in picture. And so I traveled, I've traveled extensively in Nigeria and I'd, I'd gone to Kaduna and spent time looking at the places that we wanted to film in when we were writing the scripts that I would want to film in when we were writing the scripts. I, um, I did the same with Lagos. I went to Taco Bay, I went to, went to places. Funny thing is I didn't know I was shooting Taco Bay, even though I had like explored a different place. I went to Ilashi, went to um, Ekpe, well, near Dangote Refinery. Mm. Anyway, so I, I'd seen the places I wanted to to film mm. in while I was writing. So, so you were I, also the recce guy. 
<laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I, I had that clear idea of what I wanted. Mm-hmm. But Jesus, man. Um, RMD, I couldn't find anyone else who could embody Paul Edema. It was him. But luckily for me, I work in tech. I work, and then my financial advisor is RMD's daughter. Mm. And so my friend, I want to cast your daddy. And she was like, eh, my, my, my client, my friend, and my daddy. Okay, I'm good. So she introduces us. So I take him out to, uh, to lunch. If I want anyone to do something important to me, you're going to go to lunch first. Mm. Because like big things are better discussed over food. Empty stomachs don't make good decisions. I agree. So we go out to lunch, Southern Sunday, because he lives in Ikoi. Mm. And it was like, it was, it was mm. easy. I had a meeting down the road. And that's what we met there. And then we just start eating, talk about film, you know, just, and then I started walking him through what I I wanted to do. And in that first meeting, I told him that if we do what we want to do with this film, it will be the biggest film ever made out of Nigeria. Um, This man has been doing film for 30 years. Been around since. And he looks at me. Okay, why? And I walked him through what I planned to do with it. It's okay. It's good. He wants to do it. And then we go for dessert. On the way to dessert, I said, by the way, you're going to have to lose weight. <laughs> How did he take that? <laughs> he he was quiet. Yeah. He went, got his dessert, comes back and sits down. And then looks at me and says, you know, you have to pay for a trainer. I said, yes, I'm willing to pay for a trainer. Hmm. It's going to take a few months. I said, I'm willing to wait. I, I, I expected that we, we're going to spend the next six months preparing for this role. He looks at me. Six months. I said, yes. We're going to spend six months. We're going to have diets. You're going to be on a diet. The strict diet. is going to come on board. And he says, you're going to pay my... I was like, your chef will pay for it. We'll pay for your gym. We'll pay for training. But you're going to have to put... You have to be committed to it. And he looks at his food. And starts eating the <laughs> really quickly. <laughs> what is, he said, because I don't know the next time I'm going to have to eat good food like this. Mm. You know, so he calls his uh, chef and it's like, we need a new diet plan. And so the chef was like, do not send him anything. I'll send the bill to me. And that's, that's how it was from then. And this was March, 2020. We started shooting in January, 2021. Wow, incredible. Do you feel like that's one of the things that is missing with when you look at people are always quick to have this old Nollywood versus new Nollywood conversation. I think it's one industry. I try not to dabble in those conversations. But the level of commitment that you find that a lot more people who have been around, because you mentioned 30 years. um, 40, it turns out he's been working for 40 years, actually. Yeah. Before I was born. Before his career is older than me. Do you feel like that level of commitment is easier found in those guys? No, I don't think so. Delala Gray was in the gym every day with RMD. Uh, He had bogged up. He was my size. And then he had COVID and lost all the weight because he was supposed to look different Mm -hmm. in the role. He still killed it, but he was supposed to look completely different to him. And he was in the gym every day with RMD. He'd bogged up. He was big. You know, he was working with the U.S. Marine. We hired to train both of them. You know, they were in the gym together. We're doing throws together. We're doing fights, sequencing together. 
you know. So um, I think that I think he bodied the character. By the way, we're talking about Daniela because he didn't speak, and it takes a level of genius um, for you. Because sometimes with acting, people get into different things, the way the person looks, the way the person sounds, whatever. But this is someone who did not speak a word throughout the movie Mm. and still conveyed. And I mean, I know that directing must have also gone into it, but kudos to Denola if if you see this. I I think there's two sides to this thing. You're a director, you know what you want. Yeah. There's an actor who brings what you want. Mm. And then you meet in the middle, you can't do one without the other. Mm. So people praise directors or praise actors. It's it's teamwork. It's teamwork. Make the teamwork. And, and every single actor I work with, every single member of crew I worked with, they put so much in. Remember when we had COVID on sets and, and we were so afraid, you know, we had to drop, stop working. We shut down the set to take care of people, take care of everyone. And remember, this time, people don't really know how to treat COVID. Thankfully, I had had COVID. Nearly killed me. But it was the experience. You know, I called the doctor who treated me and, you know, just get around to getting, um, mm. you know, treatment for everyone. And people went through that and still came back because they believed in the work. In the work. Mm. And the belief was so much that, you know, these two weeks off where we shut down set means that 20% of our budget is gone. We have to raise a bit more money. But you know what? We believe so much in this thing. We went back and did exactly what we did. And mm. shout out to my cast and crew. You guys, mm. I love you all. You, you also casted a lot of OGs, people that I hadn't seen in a minute. Um, um, the General, for instance. I, I, I had a wish list. But we ha- I haven't seen him in a while. And then Alexis he brought Sifo. Alexis Sifo, brought back memories where he was a judge in one movie way. So, uh, uh, Silent Night. Silent Night. I was with Shegun Arinze earlier. Hey. Like, he was trying to threaten me over something, a deal we're doing. He, we're, we're working together. So. Alexis Sifo is yeah. his name. Yeah. And the he, his charisma, yeah. the po- <laughs> You did a thing. You, you did a Thank damn you. thing. Thank you. With Thank the casting, you. I must say. I, let me tell you how I found Alexis Sifo. Yes. I haven't seen him anywhere. I don't know how to reach him. And then... I'm going through Twitter one day. I saw a person, Sarah Alexis Sifo. Like, this has to be his daughter. I'm ethic, and there's a thing, a story, Mutanda, where in Mutanda it says, Enyinge Biere Enying means a name like a name. Mm. I'm like, hmm. Enyinge Biere Enying. So I reach out to her. Are you who I think you are? She laughs and says, Yes, of course she is. I beg, I want to cast your dad. So you went through a lot of family members, basically. Mm-hmm. For this daughter, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it turns out she follows me. And yeah. it's like, oh no, I respect you a lot. Mm-hmm. If you want to cast my father, he would do that film. So, <laughs> so next couple of days later, I get a call. Uh, this is uh, Dr. Alex. I was like, oh God, well, <laughs> done. So that's how we casted him, of course. Oh, um, when we pitched the film to him, he was happy. He read the script and he was like, he's going to do it. Mm. Uh, Sam Dede. So I worked with Lala to cast, like, do the cast, a lot of the casting. Um, like, oh no, you can you can decide this is who I want, but you always have to close them. I wanted, yeah. I wanted, um, now, Shafi Bello, Shafi Bello worked with me on my first short film. So I was like, the next film I'm doing, you're going to have to choose your role because I'm, but then I knew I wanted her to be Big Daddy. Mm-hmm. So I sent her the script. I said, read and choose what you want. And she calls me. I knew she would want Big Daddy because it was such a, like, it, it was a well, yeah, yeah. iconic character. She says, hmm, I want that Big Daddy. I'm like, yeah, of course, that's what I wanted to give to you. Aww, <laughs> and I then, of course, Shafi. yeah. Um, 
a day I wanted a day. I'd, I'd seen Adela her work. I is so good. I, I res- she Such is amazing. Actor. And she people acts don't with everything. Yeah. People don't realize that like villains are respected in mm-hmm. film. Villains are respected. Heroes are loved. Mm. The hardest characters to deliver are characters where you you be hated by the audience. Annoying characters are so hard. Uh look at like uh, the bearded woman in um in Ozark. Mm. You hate her. But <sighs> this is why she won for that role because she you absolutely detest Test her. Yeah. Yeah, she and got on my nerves. Yeah. Everything I just thought. <laughs> because that was that's excellent. And so when we talked about this character, I was like, Are they, they're not gonna love you for it. It's like she was very annoying. The power was she's knocking to excellent, the house. most amazing, thought, annoying person. Yeah. Um, but like look at the scene in the church. Yeah. We had technical difficulties that day. We couldn't rack focus automatically, um, you know, remotely as we usually do. So we had to rack focus from camera and it's really really hard to do especially in low light settings she had to cry and when she gets up and cries the tears will come from this eye and then the other one Ade is a criminal because that girl had continuity for her tears for eight takes she was just give me a minute and she would deliver that's that's incredible. Oof, you definitely made I, I I haven't talked about one of the most exciting things about the movie for me. Um, the color grading. I am yet to find a Nigerian movie that has that level. How did you attain? You see where the general and Paul Editi meet for the very first time. Paul Edima. Paul, Paul, why am I calling him Editi? Paul Edima Paul was Edima. actually, by the way, named after two people I grew up with. Edima Usara and Paul Green. Paul Green oh, is my nice. assistant. Okay. He carries his shoulder out because like Nigeria's most iconic character is named right, after nice. him. Right, named after him. <laughs> I can imagine. So the, the, the scene where they meet, because everyone's been curious about the general, the general, and then there's the wheel, the open... That was Lagos. How did you? It could have been Miami. I think that was the part that I looked at this, and I just thought, ah, wait, 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 what, what is going on here? It could easily be Miami. The water hadn't looked so beautiful. Even the crates, everything just, it was just. Production design. Shout out to Pat Nebo. Pat Nebo is amazing. Dearly wow. departed. Mm. But I'm so glad that I worked with him. I experienced his artistry. But the, the funniest story out of that scene is that when we went to Reiki, the place, the area boys were like, Over our dead bodies, we'll not, I will kill everybody. <laughs> and then, <laughs> by the time we finished, they bought me a beer. Shikwe, you became one of them. Yes, of course. <laughs> and it was a funny thing. I, I don't, when I go to talk to these guys, I don't try to do that thing with people try to like, I'm one of you. Mm. Um, no, I'm, I come to you as I am, mm. you know, but like I, I show you respect and you show me respect. Mm. And I'm like, I'm, I'm very respectful to you. You're going to be respectful to me. Now, and then we have a conversation. This guy's, this guy's ended up buying me beer because we treated them like people. Mm. And they call me aside and it's like, oh God. You know, these film people, you know, they always look like uh, they're, they're better than us. That's what they told me. They look like, they act like they're better than us. I remember when I said, oh, I'm not a big man. 
you know. And he says, oh, guy, you're wearing nose mask. You're a big man. <laughs> nose mask. Do you understand <laughs> what that means? If you are big enough to care about dying from COVID. Yes. Our lives are not, they, they don't treat their lives as precious. Mm-hmm. One of the days when we're shooting um, in Lagos, not Lagos Island, just uh, the, the marina, this area boys, they're fighting and then just, they run past us and then just down by the river, someone died. Like a guy knocked another guy, fell into the water and died. Right there. And the other guy just came to us, don't mind him, just do your work. Oh no, let me tell you one thing that will freak your mind out. So I used to go to the, my mom had a shop in Lagos Island, Balogun side, growing up. So after school, sometimes we'd pull over to the store before we eventually get home. The most iconic, I use the word iconic, because you keep hearing about area boys fighting. I've witnessed one before. I've witnessed a fight where two guys are fighting. You use a machete and slash the arm. The arm is dangling. He takes off his shirt and wraps it up and carries a bottle. Bye. And those people, as you said, they are on another. So what you said about them, not it's a thing like, oh, he just died and they carry on. Yeah. I saw that. As a kid, do you know how terrified I was? I saw the man's hand. You know when they... Where are you from, Mr. Leku? I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm from Ondo State. Kilomomilo. But you, you had I, a, My mom had a shop in there. I was like, maybe I met your cousin because like hey. we're, we're like trying to get permission to shoot in that market. Like we, we went to... Like we shot on a Sunday. But to get there, there are about 10 streets that we wanted to use and each of them has a, a king, area boy king. So we had to bring all the boys to the table. And the day we were bringing them to the table... I was like, only only three guys, went only three guys. And then we had security, but the security were like plain clothes. And and we got there. Everyone's at the table. Not a literal table, like everyone's in there. And, their corners, and then yeah. they're quarreling amongst themselves. And I I was like, can they calm down? I say, oh God, this is not your business. This is not your business. This is how we do. I'm like, okay, all right. But you have five minutes to finish quarreling. If, <laughs> if you don't finish, I will just get up and go. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I brought cash in the bag. And then they get to their five minutes mark and they're not, they, they haven't stopped their quarrel. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I pick up the money and stand up. and like, I'm leaving. They're like, ah, oh God, small play. Like, <laughs> like what, if, what if we do not let you go? Mm-hmm. I'm like, bros, sorry. I know you see I'm yellow. Hey. So, you know, like, ah, you think, but think about it. A guy that looks like me, mm. talks like me, he smells nice too. Now walks into this your place mm. with his own two legs, carrying mm. a bag of money, mm. and sits with you, and is not afraid of you. Don't you act like if can't? Don't you be afraid of this guy? Yes. And so you think, okay, you killed me now. Of mm-hmm. course, man died once. But what do you think will happen if me I now don't show up where I'm coming from? <laughs> and people that will come knocking on your door. Ah, please, you don't want none Don't of try this. yourself. When you just make him out, oh, was there really genuine people? Did I say I came with security people? I don't take risks with my life. <laughs> so that's when they realized that those guys that were sitting casually yeah, were, were my special forces military. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And they were just quietly, casually just being yeah. there. So, but then I, it's also important to be very respectful of people in their homes. And mm-hmm. when we shot in Salako, we made sure that all the armed policemen and military were like on, like they just had their own seats out there so that they wouldn't like, people would not Trigger feel intimidated. Yeah. yeah. You know, so those are the things, some of the things, um, like when we went to Kadina, always go speak to the chiefs, always mm-hmm. speak to the owners of the, and then when we needed to to work in there, we built a road for the community that the community still uses. 
You know, so those are the things I think it's important to be very respectful to people mm. and the cultures of the people mm. when you are working because it's the thing that if you want to build authenticity, you have to build it with the people in the mm. communities. Mm. And to do that, it's it starts from respecting those people, respecting enough them enough, you know, in when you deal with them. Because if you do that, you also would show mm. in the work that you do. Mm. You know, Talk so about that, respect. We've come a long way. Filmmakers in the past were not necessarily giving the amount of respect they're getting now because I would think that there was not enough resources first to start with because you know how the the fifty-one week roads and all those people turn out form four movies in a week, literally, and it's like continuity is zero. Everything is just zero. But there was a hunger for it because this Nollywood market is literally after Bollywood, the biggest Bollywood used to be before us. Are we ahead of them now? I don't know. No, they're still the biggest. Yes. Uh, Growing up, we would just watch these Nollywood movies that were badly produced, badly edited, but we just loved the storytelling of it all. And then people like yourselves, you know, when I say people like yourself, I mean people who went to actually learn the art of telling stories. Either in advertising, not film school, telling stories, because advertising is telling stories. Um, You know, now decided to branch into this yard. Do you think that's what made the difference? I'm very clear in all my communication. We are standing on the shoulders of the people who built this thing before us. Hmm. If Glamour Girls wasn't made in the 90s. We would not have done the remake. Yes. <laughs> we, we, the industry would not exist. Mm. Living in bondage, that one. Um, none of this would exist. And that if... If Elfike, the more ink blots, film one and Koga didn't make wedding party, I probably would not be making films today. Mm. I probably would have made films much later on, but it wouldn't have supported me. If Mo didn't make 50, we are standing on the shoulders of the people who built the industry before us. True. And so everything is a step towards perfection. We are constantly moving towards the lights of, mm. of where we need to be. And I, I have absolute respect for everyone who has picked up a camera and told the story before me. Because if they did not do it, if they did not tell those stories, the inspiration to become who we are today, to become an actor, to want to see yourself on TV, would not be there. You have to remember that there was a time when you said, "I want to be a, a film actor." Your family would deny you. They'll. They'll wash hands off of you. Trust me, I'm a product of this. I remember, because I was in banking before I started out in the entertainment industry. And even when I was going to leave my bank job to be a radio presenter, not everyone in the family thought that was the smartest choice. I had people who said to me, ah, we know, the, we know them, we know how much is in this thing. You know what I mean? Because back then you had to either be an accountant, a lawyer, a doctor, parents, would or a failure. Themselves or, no, we were the failures. The, the people in the entertainment <laughs> industry were the ones that they didn't know what to do with their lives. So when people come around to the family and they say, I have a lawyer, I have a lawyer, they'll not ask you, what's that thing you do again? You know. Do you know what I mean? But it's just, they don't want to use their yeah. mouth to say to their guest that she says she's doing radio. Like for how long would she that take? She says she's doing she radio. She says she's doing yeah. radio. But I remember the day I got on the cover of a magazine and the same old man Shout out to you, Dad. If you watch this, he will be like, so how long? I'm giving you some couple of years. How long? When are you going to get back into this? He bought every single copy on the stand and started telling people, that's my daughter. That's my, you know, my daughter. Of is course. This. You know, so the change. You're not alone. Said, my dad has a master's degree in linguistics. 
Wow. I grew up in a house full of books. He wasn't wealthy, he was a teacher. But what I had oversupplied in that house was books. I read every single thing. But my dad made sure that I would never become what I really wanted to be, a writer. I have become mm. it now, Shay. Hey. Film writer. Film writer. <laughs> but, I, but he made every, he did everything to ensure I, I went to a pure science school. I never started literature. Do you remember they used to fill our forms for us back then? Well, yeah. Did you have parents sort that would of. pick jam? No, no, they don't need to. They just tell you what to fill. <laughs> and so, <laughs> but I went to a pure science school and and I I just... Again, it turned out to be good because like I'm a very well-rounded person. Mm. I drop me anywhere in I finance, I'm good. Drop me in med, I'm really? good. Yeah. I'm, so you're that brilliant. I didn't say that I worked in I worked in advertising for 12 years and most of that is in financial services. I am I I write 12 programming languages. Interesting. I design and so like I'm I'm So you're brilliant. Here's a fun thing. Um, Prosper, to me, you are one of the guys who invested in BlackBook. One of my investors in BlackBook, I, he was my intern. He was a, was a developer. He was an intern. And I remember when he was like, he would come write this thing. I'm like, look at this code. There's no point talking to this boy. I'll go home that night and come back. I'll fix the thing. i hand the code to him to go and study. Prosper is one of the best, most brilliant developers ever out of Nigeria today. And I, I am so, I'm so, I'm so grateful to him for being part of this journey. Mm. But see that, that journey come full circle. It's really good. But back to your question of it, it's everything that our parents did. They can only work with the information that they have. Mm. And that's how they knew to be. My mom had one job for since, since 93, just retired 2023. You know, and that's how they knew to exist. And they provided for us. Also, they built like this thing that I am, mm-hmm. this thing that you are. So they were trying to protect us. Mm. But then, of course, that's the thing. Your parents, my dad was a teacher, you know, but he invested that knowledge, that that passion for for the arts. I read his dissertation when I was 12 years old. Or between you 10 were 12. 12. Yeah. Okot Pipi takes some of Oko. Wow. <laughs> oh, so I don't think it's one of the things that was interesting. I read things fall apart around about 12. I read The you Man read things Died. when you were 12? Yeah, I read The Man Died when I was 14. I mean, secondary school, how old were The we Man going? Died is one of the most difficult books you would ever read. It's very mm. difficult to read. Like, as you're reading, you're, like, you're drinking olive oil to lubricate your brain because it's like going like... Mm. Yeah, but like, I'm sure you got rights like that. Yeah. But so it's, it's in that gift... He, it was a gift and a curse because he he gave me that gift without meaning to, and then he was always trying to protect me against that gift. But um, I remember the first day I sat with my dad to walk him through an adaptation. I created a word out of an old epic tale that I planned to produce in a couple of years. My dad read this. At this point, I'm a successful guy in tech, mm. and my dad read this. This is incredibly good. Now, remember, he is, he, this is his thing. It's mm-hmm. a forte. My he breaks things down. So. He's like, this is incredibly good. And starts giving you pointers for the characters. It's like, I've got you. Yeah, got I know. You, you, don't realize, you don't even realize you're yeah. in. So I met up north. My dad bought tickets and took all his friends to go watch his son's that, film. That was also a good movie. Well done. He was so proud. I watched Up North as well. Thank you. Now it's actually incredible. But yeah, so Up North paved the way for mm-hmm. the Black Book. And so when I said the Black Book is 
probably the worst film I would ever make. <laughs> what does that mean? It means that that's what I said about Up North. <laughs> and then you made a, another banger. It's <laughs> nice one, nice one. So I, I think that we always have to build on, mm-hmm. on, on what we have done. And so all the lessons and mistakes I made on the Black Book that people don't realize, I know them. Mm. And so I have to avoid Tell them. Tell me some of them. I'm curious. Hmm. Story-wise, Big Daddy was actually... See that small guy that was killed by the assassin? That was Big Daddy? No. Big Daddy is Big Daddy, but mm-hmm. he used him as a decoy. So mm-hmm. in the play, that is the guy who you... When you want to meet Big Daddy, that's the he guy you yeah, meet. Yeah, I remember him, yeah. Yeah, that's the guy you had to meet. But we we realized that we the, the, the character of Big Daddy itself was... Mm-hmm. I too iconic to be left to chance. Mm. And so we moved her in earlier. And, but then but the time we made this mistake was after, oh, sorry, decision was in edits. We've shot everything that needs to be shot. And so the, the, the scene where Paul meets Big Daddy. It shouldn't have been that quick. Let me give you an exclusive. Mm. No, 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 it's not that. It's that that scene was shot months apart. They never met each other in that scene. Really? Wow. <laughs> they never met each other. We had to shoot Big Daddy afresh, you know, to to basically build that conversation in and build the sets to be an extension of this sets that we had. Hmm. And so this is why you really don't see Paul Edima make like speak to camera in some of like parts of that scene hmm. because that scene was not shot together and also is only mediums and close-ups. Not a wide shot. Now that you say it, actually. But it's, yeah. Yeah, he that's a, that is an exclusive, yes. Yeah, yeah. And thank and you for sharing that. That that those are the some of the things that when I say we 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 we've learned a lot mm. from from some of the things that we could have done better. And so will I make those kinds of mistakes again? I I have better appreciation of characters. Of course, the next thing would have its own big problems, but I think we we're gonna make like the next thing we make. Oh god. I love, mm. I love the story. I love what we're going to make out of it. Tell us something, just a little bit, just a, a snippet of what is to come. You had to kill me. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. And the way he just subtly says that, that can be arranged within now. Now I'll rob the entire world of watching, you know, what's to come. But you know the beautiful thing about this thing? Tell me. I die. Someone else is more brilliant out there. I'm just making space for them. See, remember when we said we're standing on the shoulders of what came before us? Well, that entire point of my shoulders. Mm. People have to stand on it. I have to be strong enough to allow people to stand on my own shoulders. And you have to be deliberate in making sure that people stand on those shoulders. It is a responsibility. Having been rewarded with so much success with this one thing I've done, I have to also take up the responsibility of being the shoulder another generation to stand on and build their own thing. And building their own thing means building bigger, better, Telling more global. better stories. Yes. Yes. What a time to be alive. Thank you so much for your time. I've had an incredible time talking about the Black Book. Now, if you haven't watched the movie, as I said, you must be under the rock shack mm. because... You know, everyone's talking about it right now. Um, our friend right here, as he said, how does it feel to have the world on your matter? <laughs> I was on the front page of online Wired. Oh, wow. Yeah. The world's biggest tech magazine, which is which is fair because I'm a tech guy inside. Um, 
but I think the fun thing was a few days ago I was I was with the French ambassador who we're just talking about the film in the night and what it's done globally. And that's when I see an alert. Mm. The New York Times. Oh, wow. Top five action films to watch. New York Times. Yeah. I told you, I'm just coming from, an, before I sat with you, I was coming from an event where the assistant secretary uh, the US government on economic um, matters is in town. And we're, you know, talking about, it's a room full of creatives and business owners and talking about how to foster you know, things that have started happening, but how to get it done in a bigger scale and opportunity, which is a big deal because a lot of people have talents over here. How do they not die with the talent? How do we, you know, cross work and make this a global thing? And they they talked about the fact that the biggest, everyone's talking about it, the biggest thing right now in film, you know, even the people that we look up to in Hollywood is the black book. Everyone's like, as you said, black owned, Black funded, you know, and for your shoulder pad must be very high these days. Yeah. No, it's not. Why? I spent the last one month hanging out with just family and friends who knew me before all of this, mm. and it's very important for me to do that because these were people who knew me. I can't, I can't because of, and actually, I'm very uncomfortable with attention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but I think that it's been a great conversation with you. But then you're the one asking questions. Can I ask questions? I, why did I know you wanted to do that? Yeah, sure. The floor is yours, Editi. Bring your nails. Oh my God. Can you, you show it to me? me? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, need, I need my nails done. I, uh, anything for you, for putting us on the map the way you did, you deserve like, everything. Yeah, friend. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm, because like, I mean, look. So is like, that the question you wanted to ask? No. Okay, so ask. Tell us your skincare routine. <laughs> Three people asked me this morning. I have to be honest with you. Korean skincare is what I just got. My people. <laughs> I've been sleeping on a bicycle. Yeah. Someone just recently told me about them and my skin is like glass. But have you literally. watched Korean shows? I mean... Their skin is like glass. No, but I try to get... That's those their shows. I did see, please. I, I'm probably the one, one person I'll tell you that I'm not a Korean film lover or Korean... And yes, kill me. I said it because I know my sister. Those are my fans though. I know. Do you know that more Koreans have seen the Black Book than Nigerians? Why wouldn't they see it? A break from all their... What's the famous... I know some of the words. Nope, I would fight for Korea. This is my second country now. I I will fight for Korea. I love what they do. The cinematography is great. But this... ah, Story here. Oman Long. I tried to carry... Have you seen... Have you seen Bollywood? Is that a Korean... Something. It's an Asian thing, like it's 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 an Asian thing, and so, I tried. There's some of them that I've tried to to follow, but I keep falling asleep. I tried this new one on Netflix that was so it's called some something the where ba- the guy who he like his father owned a hotel. Oh, it was really nice. It was cute. It was like Pretty Woman meets. It was kind of cute, but they just have long episodes. Like it's just why does one season have to have twenty five episodes? So <laughs> the time the thing that? is that like. Cultures, people make content according Adapted, to their culture. Yeah, yeah, and, and I respect cultures, that. No yeah. disrespect to them. I love their skincare. I love their. There's this tall guy that I really like. Is a famous actor. I can't remember his name right now, but he's Didn't literally see a woman to like. That's the man. No, that's tall guy. Hmm. That particular tall guy. Hmm. The way he and the clothes they fit them. Hmm. Ha! When they wear. Did he have a woman whose clothes fits them? 
Okay, so it was the candidate. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm asking questions now. Well, the women are nice, but then this particular guy, I can't remember his name. So this is a ditty moment now. It is, yeah. Mm. And I'm, 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 I'm being a guest as I'm answering. Mm-hmm. I can't remember this guy's name. I know you want me not to talk about the guy, but I must finish. Talk, I talk about guy, when yeah. he wears that two-piece suit. I don't know their names, but he's really, really good. I like the, their acting as well. I think that you know sometimes I don't need to read the the um, subscription subtitles, subtitles rather to get what is going on, which is good. So I think that you know when I'm going, I'm going to Korea mm-hmm. because fans. No, you have to. Are you? I will drag you along. To I will come. <laughs> so, Honestly, I need. I need to find. Yeah, I leave you without an interpreter. Yeah, and I need to get loads of skincare from there. Ah, there you go. Yeah, but uh, your skin is glowing. Thank you. Okay. You didn't skin. tell us what you're using. You I just told you. Told us I don't know the names. I say it's Korean skincare. So how do you get them? Snail. There's some snail thing. It's called Snail ninety six. I don't know. Wait, I, is this the part where you have to wait until they pay you to say it? No, no, no. This is Korean. Like I'm telling you, like it's not even like that expensive. It's like it's like snail. It's just really good. It's some snail ninety six thing. It's from Korea. And then I use that a lot. Like I just discovered mm-hmm. Korean skincare and I'm their biggest advocate for that. I tell people. So if you had to tell me right this moment, mm. what your biggest career mistake has ever been, what would it be? Hmm. My biggest career mistake. It is your moments, ladies and gentlemen. My biggest career mistake. I'm yet to find that. I'm yet to find that Everyone's one thing. Like, everyone has made a mistake. Well, let me tell you what it is. I I think regret is so exhausting one. And I think because I have never really, just as I said, you were giving me the nuggets of things that I think about. I never really see them. I'm a tough look. Do it better next time, girl. So maybe that's why I don't have one. What is your biggest do it better girl moment? I'll tell, oh, the first time I hosted live TV. I was shit. I was so shit. It <laughs> How was bad was so, it? It was so bad. It was the 25th anniversary of the most beautiful girl in Nigeria. I trained it for four days on end and it was bad. And I knew that I was really bad. I just got on stage and froze and, you know, all the preparation in that moment, it was really bad. What did you do? I was bad. It was, I, it was, it was bad. I know, like when, when you I got did not, back. I did, I did not, I, I cried through it, I felt like a disappointment on my own. And then reading the albums, because it's live TV, which is one of the hardest things to do. There's no mercy. So there were memes made. It was really never, why would this girl host it? I, you think that's the worst. Then Hedis, when I hosted the Hedis too, it was a complete shit show. Bad. On your part, on the audience. My this show started way too late. It started, I think, at one a.m. Mm. and I'd been rehearsing all day, and the outfits just was too tight, and it just wasn't working. So we, we opened the show with Basket Mouth. It was great, but when I came back, I think I mispronounced. It was just bad. It was bad. But the reason why I responded the way I responded, and when I started this, I said to you that I've learned so much more from my failures. Is that's how I got good. That's literally how I got good. I wasn't, I will feel it. So the three days I felt bad, I felt like the worst. I didn't need you or tweets from anonymous fans to tell me how I was feeling. So I let the emotions go through me and then it left me feeling, right, you felt sorry for yourself enough. Get up. What's next? Ladies and gentlemen, 
talking about him when I did moments. And you see, I've never actually shared that with anyone before. Thank you for bringing that out. It was bad. Editing moments is a show to see. <laughs> so if he's not teching or filmmaking or wrecking for yeah, his next project, talk show host, talk show host might yeah. be somewhere in your future. Because you pulled that right out of me. And I'm known as one of the best hosts there is in Africa. So mm-hmm. you legit pulled, you, yeah, that was good. Well done. Well done. It's a pleasure oh, to be here. Remember Thank no, you very that much. night was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, I, I, I gotta say, I really loved um, the episode you did with um, our senior auntie in Hollywood. I loved the episode with Funkai Kindele. Yes. And I, I, I really, really liked it because she, it, it there was so much reality yeah. that I saw. And Funkai doesn't do any interviews. Do you think I'm a smart person? Uh, yeah. I ask on average. Five stupid questions every day. No, because, let me tell you why I think you're I, not necessarily smart. I think you're intelligent. They're two different things. Watch, watch. No, 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 no. I have to be honest because I'm not intelligent, but I'm smart. You I can tell, books are not my you thing. You built this. Yeah, but I, I can tell you that I carried, I was bottom of my class for the longest in years. I would literally not be. Top I started, of class. No, I, <laughs> top of class. Yeah, I was always, but I'm, I'm, I'm real. I was advised to withdraw from university. Can I tell you what my first job in this entire life was? Tell me. I used to write love letters for big boys in school. <laughs> and get paid. Why am I not surprised? You and you know what? I'm actually, re- I'm a good poet. I'm a good writer as well. I write. When I write, when, People see things that I compose. They're like, oh my God, I get it. But then I, I wasn't big going guy, to... baddest guy in school was trying to toast this paper. And then he was like, he was trying to now tell me what to write. You know, those sugar in my tea type. Like, never Leave in your life say me. that to a woman again. Leave it to <laughs> me. And this guy is a big... I was like, don't ever no say game. that again. So you were the game. And he's like, I was like, don't ever say that again. I know. Tell her how you feel. Tell her how your day went. Mm. Ask her how her day went. Mm. It's like, it's so simple. I'm saying, I know. But well, then, that's the thing that gets her the most. Yes. I was a, a student of literature. I did the best in literature. So I'm a, I read English language literature, actually. I didn't go to school to read law. And then maybe coughed up. I went to read English literature because when you saw my grades back then. My dad would like you. Yeah. When you saw my grades back then, F9 maths was obvious. Economics, <laughs> D7. Mm. But you see, we want our do best in English language, A1. See, I was like a really great at physics. A1. <laughs> Civil studies. Do you know what I was? I, that's what I mean by you are. I can tell that you're intelligent. I mean, you've, you've spoken. But you to know what? I, I, you might think I'm a smart person, but you know the thing I cannot do. Tell me. I can't read maps. That's two of us. I'm so not tech savvy. I cannot read maps. People keep telling me, can't you just Google Maps? I don't know what's it, how it works. No, I know how it works. It's just like maps, especially when I have to walk. Like I travel a lot. Yeah. And I get into a new city. I just use an Uber because like following a map to a place, I always get lost. Me too. I always, the always get lost. The walking one is the worst. So my siblings always say to me, just click walk. And it's like, three minutes. I'm like, okay, so. Yeah, which, and then that's yeah, me I on the street. I cannot Literally told you, okay, maps, the arrow is yeah. good. And then I recenter. Recenter like four, and five times. I can't times. feel forms. You can't like, do what? I can't feel forms. Like if I have to feel a form, like it feels like. Do you think you're like slightly dyslexic? I refuse to be. I think I am. I am. <laughs> I can't feel forms. So. I am. Like it used to be a thing where my, like my my operations guys accounting mm. in the office, they'll wait till like Friday and then they bring everything I need to sign. Mm. Just 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. That's like um, the Virgin Atlantic guy, Richard Branson. Oh, he has yeah, dyslexia that's, as well. That's true. I, have I didn't say I had dyslexia. Uh, anyway, I'm not, I'm not being in denial. It's just like I've never got... <laughs> I've never got like diagnosed, but I'm I, like I have a very active mind. Oh, I got mind. diagnosed. Let me tell you what's the worst thing happens to me. I was a radio presenter for thirteen years, and reading the news used to be very difficult because when things are on black and white, they jump. The words jump. That so yeah, so yeah. I used to struggle with reading the news. Everyone has their weaknesses. I think it's but important hey. to also embrace them. Yeah, and know the things that we cannot do, and outsource all headaches. Mm. Outsource all your headaches to someone else, and focus on the things that you do. I like that. And you know what? Rather, you, either you're intelligent or smart, because I give him intelligence and I pick smart. As long as you are successful in the end, as they say, what did David do? Say just to make the <laughs> because, like, if you Whatever don't, you I mean, do, make sure you they make that, it. that that one when they say like, um, you know, because if you do not succeed. You explain, explain, explain. Oi, no, no evidence. evidence. Hey, you go explain tire. <laughs> entire, like, Imagine so you I... saying back then when we wanted to shoot black book, we wanted to build a road. I was just looking at you thinking, mm. <laughs> And after you've done all that, what do you have to show for it? Nothing. Explain. And this is why I think ultimately the final word for me on, on this journey is gratitude. I yeah. So it's necessary. I am so grateful. It's, it's been unbelievable. Mm. And I'm just grateful that all of this is happening. I'm grateful to God that this, the, the words I spoke, I gave life to, came through actually. So, I'm curious to ask you one more question. Because I know you mentioned that you came to Lagos with a backpack and nothing. What were the things you said to yourself to keep going? Because I know, again, you're not an overnight success. But we live in a generation where people are only interested in exactly what you said, evidence, or else you explain tire. Do you know what I mean? And I am sure in there were moments where no family, no friend came with a backpack, told my friends to sell all my things. You probably felt like going back, if we're going to be honest. So how did you pull yourself out of those moments of, yay? Was this the right choice to make? I mean, if I go back and everybody has moved past me, how do I, you know, immerse myself? I, I, I never felt like going back. Mm. One thing I did tell myself that um, if I failed trying to do this thing I'm doing, I would have, I still would have done better than what I was before. Because the opportunity I was chasing you have to go for the biggest thing possible. If you fail doing the biggest thing possible, you still would have done the biggest thing possible. You just failed at it. Mm. And so that's, like- that's actually what always drove me. And so, I mean, the day I, the watch day on set for me was we set up this very expensive scene where it's going to do the explosion, that big explosion. Mm-hmm. And it failed. It just failed. And every day on set, you want to, you want to go home knowing that you've done the thing that you, that's the thing that drives you. You've done mm. the thing you wanted to do. Mm. It drives you to the next. It drives you to the next. That day, I didn't have anything to go and look at. And I was, I, like I felt. Mm. And then a policeman, a really good man, took me home. He took me home in the truck because everyone had left. I was left alone on set. I told him to leave. He told me, Oga, you see this thing? Get up tomorrow and do it again. I've seen you every day on this set. You are a talk to everyone. You're a very kind person. I just see I'm not police, Abby. So today, 
right? You don't have to be anything. You don't have to do anything for anybody. Go and sleep. Tomorrow you wake up and do it again. Feeling the moment. That's so just it. usually I go home, review the cuts for the day, review the rushes for the day. That day I didn't. I just went to sleep. Yeah. I woke up at 5.30, went out, planned the day, fixed everything that we had, that had been wrong the day before. Mm. And that the next day was my most successful day on set. You see, we said it here. It's the letting yourself feel those motions. Yeah. I feel like we're so alike. And when you were talking about... Um, even if you failed at it, you feel that the best thing. I think what I always coined in my brain, because um, I wasn't actively in filmmaking or doing something, you know, that would attribute to result that you can touch or feel or whatever. Um, I think I would always say to myself, it's, it's better to have tried than to live in the regrets of what Not could true. have been. And that is absolutely I think that's correct. what scares me the most. I never want to waste my life. People wonder how regardless of all the trolling and everything they do to the TM brand, she just keeps, because I don't want to ever wonder what it could have been if I gave up. You've lived quite a life, haven't you? I really think that would hurt me more than any amount of failure that I can encounter now. If I've had, I've produced batches of bags that were bad. I've had the worst things. I've had the worst things said about me. And I think the only thing that kept me going was the thought of if I quit now, I know how I'm made. I know that in eight months, if I look back, the pain I'm feeling now would be nothing in, compa as in, in comparison to having to wonder what could have happened to this beautiful life. So why I take over the show again and say on this show of Edith's Moments. Okay, another question. I'm going to leave you with one word. Okay. To face it, Ibia, amazing philosopher, says, if nobody talks about you, then you are nobody. Where are you? Where does the You're not a great singer, are you? I can't remember the word. <laughs> <laughs> That's Two Face M.I. and... Two Face and M.I., yeah. If nobody talks about you, then you are nobody. Stop it. What's the next? No, no, no. What's the next line? Whether the truth and they talk about Oh, that's lie. what it was saying. Okay. My, My guy. guy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Thank so you. That, yeah. yeah. So thank you very much for having me. I hope you had fun on Talking Moments. Oh, man, I had so much fun. I even took about you your show. You came tired. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. He's been through so many interviews that my guy rolled up here saying, why don't you save that for when we talk? I'm like, look at him trying to tell me my job. Okay. I quite him. Okay. Don't All be right. annoying. But at least we got, you know, and, and well done. It's a great, great conversation. I, I, I like must it. say, like, it was one of those movies that I watched and... I only like, fell asleep in the middle and woke up and continued watching it because that's just me. I can't stay awake to save my life. How old um, are you again? I'm really young. <laughs> it wasn't about that. But there was something going on. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> now we have to reopen my show. <laughs> Don't ask me. So, please. Exactly oh, God, 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 God. So it was one of those nights. What mm. what nights? One of those nights. Guys, <laughs> I'm speaking to the audience now. Let's just say please, it was one of those. Can you tweet <laughs> and on Instagram and please ask her. Ask her. Okay, what, what happened the what, night I watched? Yes, what happened on those nights? <laughs> what was in your say, house? Somebody 
Let's just say it was one of those eventful nights. We're at work here. We shouldn't be saying not safe for work things. It's my, it's my show. I can say anything I want to. This is true. So that's probably what knocked me out. But then I woke up and then I continued and it was good. And I must say, I remember the end shot was just the one that blew me. I couldn't sleep anymore. And I'm the one of those annoying people. Like, I like to ask questions. I'm sure I annoyed the life of the person that was watching this because I said, what happened? Did you? The person that watched <laughs> this movie. Ah, no. That's another question. Who did Tokyo watch the black book with? Oof. Hashtag. Yeah, I want to know. <laughs> Nobody, yeah. You'll be shocked. This is fun. Okay. Like, we've ended the show four times now. <laughs> <laughs> that's what always happens here. People literally have to be like, they have to get from like, okay, that's it. That's it. No, nah, but really, who did you watch the Black Book with? Do you want me to ask you personal questions too? I, I don't think you're ready for it. Uh, no, I, let's try. If you answer yours, one, that one question, I'll answer yours one. Well, you see this one, eh? What if the person is someone that I cannot see in public? Hey, God. I mean, skeletons and stones. Hey! <laughs> no, not that. It's nothing that... But it was, actually. It was, uh, there you go, see? It was... So, no, no, not the person. Do you a person was. who can be named? What did you think about the Black Book? Oh! They think it was an, uh, an incredible movie. You have to text me their response. Thank you for watching. Make sure you check out Black Book. It's available worldwide. Our friend here has been on, you know, New York Times. He's literally the man of the moment. Let's oh. give him his flowers because he very well deserves it. And we're holding our breath to your next production, my friend. Well done. Thank you. My name is Toke Mackin. I'll catch you on the next episode of Toke Moments. Goodbye. 